You're listening to a podcast from 702. Okay, and um, this is the time on the show where we've been expressing our gratitude to our healthcare workers for their courage. And we want to give them and their families the support that they need during this pandemic with the Dove Care On Call 24-hour helpline navigating COVID-19. This conversation has been brought to you by Dove. Hashtag courage is beautiful here on 702. So we've come to the end of these conversations. We focused on them for throughout the month of September. And for the month, we've been telling you the stories of healthcare workers who've been at the front lines of fighting the COVID-19 pandemic. We heard from a pediatrician, a psychiatrist, a psychologist, and an emergency unit medical doctor. And their experiences and what they shared and what our listeners have shared are those of healthcare workers and their families who every day had to, of course, make sacrifices in order to fight this pandemic. They put their own lives at risk in order for us to ward off the threat and to manage the cases that uh, were presenting in South Africa. And 702, Dove and ICAS have um, uh, this line that's available, not just to the healthcare workers themselves, but to their families as well. And we've been encouraging you to share yours as well. If you work in a hospital, in a clinic, and uh, you've seen firsthand um, exactly the toll that this takes on the healthcare workforce, do give us a call and share your experience with us. And today we speak to an extraordinary doctor with a harrowing experience, in fact. She's got quite a story to share, but also underneath it all and overarching her experience is determination, resilience and triumph, ultimately. And that's Dr. Zolelo Sifumba. She joins us now to share her experience working at the front lines. Dr. Sifumba, thank you so much for your time. How are you? What kind of day are you having today? Hello, Azar. It is so great to be on the show. Uh, I'm having a great day, actually. I've just been chilling. Uh, I am still on a break from work, so it's 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 been good to just uh, yeah gather myself towards myself, have these few moments to just um, yeah feel human again mm. so it's it's really good to be on the show thank you so much for having me no thank you for being willing to speak about your experiences i know you've been blogging you've been uh, a voice campaigning for doctors health issues for them to get the attention that they deserve but i want us to go back a little bit before we get to the issues that uh, you've confronted in your career a covid 19 scare wasn't the first time that your job cost you your health you contracted multi-drug resistant um, TB previously? Yes. So as a student, actually, I contracted multidrug resistant tuberculosis. So, I mean, back then, I mean, as much as TB is an infectious disease and it's something that people can contract easily, you know, by just talking to somebody or somebody around them who has TB coughing. So healthcare workers, we still do. And I mean, it, it's different now with COVID, but we had this superhero kind of complex that you know you know the illnesses are basically for the patients you know so it really shocked me um when i woke up one morning and i had a swelling on my neck and i had no idea what it was um my teachings at medical school told me that look this is south africa this is africa so it's likely tb um but at that point i was just like no how you know Mm -hmm. i'm and, and we tell ourselves these things. We tell ourselves that no TB is for 
people of lower income. It's people that share a house with 10 other people. You know, the usual things that we've been fed in the media, which, you know, are truths. But in essence, anyone who breeds can get TB. And it's actually interesting now that we have COVID mm. um, and people are actually starting to realize that an infectious disease that comes from breathing is something that you can get too. Mm-hmm. So people before COVID, you know, people didn't really know. I mean, and, and it's it's crazy. I guess it, it has to do with all the myths that are around yeah. TB. But yeah, contracted TB and I was scared. I was scared. I thought I was going to die. Um, I was sure I was going to die because at that stage, the stats said only 40% of people who go on treatment for the multi-drug resistant TB will actually survive. So mm. I didn't understand why we weren't told more at mm-hmm. medical school, you know, why we weren't warned. Um, because as healthcare workers, we're actually at six times more risk of contracting drug-resistant TB than the rest of the population. Mm. Um, so, and, and it's because we work with people that are sick. Yes. You know? um, and I didn't, I, I didn't realize that all the sicknesses <laughs> are really just coming to me. Yeah, so that um, was in your student... As you're saying, student days, but then you you treated it, and it wasn't an easy treatment to 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 go through. So when COVID nineteen, not at all. Mm, mm. all. It's it's very that treatment itself. I mean, I feel it's inhumane. Wow. Um, wow. To expect people. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's it's really bad. Like, I don't even know if I were to get TB again. I don't know if I'd be able to take that treatment again. And I'm a whole doctor. You know? <laughs> yeah. So it, it, it goes to show um, th- there isn't much political will around TB. Um, TB still to this day is killing millions of people. It's killed more than COVID. It's killed more than all mm-hmm. the things you can think of. Bubonic plague, polio. TB is like a higher runner, you know. But there's no... I don't know, political will, there isn't no, because it's a, it's usually a disease that affects people that are poorer, um, mm-hmm. as much as it, ex- it affects everyone, but it, 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 for some reason, it affects people that are poorer. So there's not much political will and drive. Mm, um, can imagine the politics tackle, around that. Yes. You know, and, and even, even now with COVID, you know, even now with COVID, we're seeing increased cases of TB in the hospital, which doesn't make sense because you think if people are quarantining, they're staying away from each other. Mm. But people have been staying away from the hospital. Um, in, 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 in fear that, you know, they're going to get COVID at the hospital, but they're sitting in their homes with, you know, illnesses. Mm, you know? Mm. Um, Which was the downside, yes, from, of trying to prevent exactly, infection. Exactly. So let's look people at... People are dying from things like UTIs. Yeah. Urinary tract infections are killing people these days. And it's just like, because, yeah. We're anyway, staying away saying, out of fear of going to hospital. Sure. And I think we need yes. to, to, to address this issue that, you know, hospitals had to change how they operated in order to accommodate the numbers that were expected uh, COVID-19, 19, COVID-19 infections, and that pushed yes. other conditions to the fringes. And what you're saying is not surprising at all, but I think we need to remind people that we need to get the care we, we, we urgently need for whatever condition it may be, not just COVID-19. But then you got infected as well. Um, how did you take that diagnosis? Being at the front lines, we don't know where people get their, in, how we get infected. Could you, could have just been going to the grocery store, you know, doing ordinary things that we were permitted to do. But as an essential worker, you had to continue and then you got, you, you got a positive test on your COVID-19, uh, results. 
So that's the funny thing. My 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 result was actually negative, uh, but I had all the symptoms. So yeah, it, it, it's I definitely got it from where I work. You know, mm-hmm. um, there are PPE issues all over the country. I mean, as much as there are billions that are being spent and you know shuffled around from person to person, but on the ground, PPE is such an issue. Like, and the sad thing is that. You know, you'll be called to resuscitate someone and you'll be like, okay, so I need PPE. And they'll be like, oh, no, doc, we only have A, B and C. And you're just like, no, friend, I can't work like that. But because we are in the system that tells us to keep pushing, even if we are at risk of getting sick and they'll expect us to do the resuscitation, you know, Mm. with half the PPE. And my thing is. If, if it was a policeman or if it was a fireman, this is say a fireman running into a fire with half of their PPE, everybody would be shouting at them saying, no, how, no, how? But as health workers, it seems our lives, you know, we're more there to deliver a service. Um, we're more there, you know, to help the public. And I, I'm not, you know, I'm not trying to fight that. All I'm saying is that I think if we could look after healthcare workers better, then the public would benefit. Um, so getting COVID, I was super scared, man. I was, I was so scared because everybody's scared and there's no treatment. And, you know, there's all these things about, you know, maybe you can use this, maybe you can use that. And people have their own home remedies as well. So mm-hmm. I just, I felt like I was going crazy because I was just like, it was different to the TB because the TB, I knew I was taking drugs every day that were definitely going to kill it. But, the thing that I had, I wasn't sure. And every time the symptoms would come, I would like remember patients that I saw. You know, I'd see patients that would come in with terrible vitals. I mean, they're walking, but their blood pressure is a mess. They're this is that. And then literally a few hours later, they're dead. So you're just like sitting there by yourself thinking to yourself, oh my gosh, is this the moment? You know, mm-hmm. is this when it takes me? And then... It doesn't take you. And then you're just like, okay. Huh? <laughs> <laughs> okay. Yes, cool. we get and to do this again. Not like COVID is, COVID is not like any other illness. Like usually with other illnesses, you're very sick and then you get better, 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 better. And then you're fine. COVID, you're just all of a sudden not feeling well and your chest is tight and it hurts. And then a few seconds later, you're fine again. So it was just, it feels like you're going mad. Um, and as I said, my result was negative. So it's actually one in every five people that are positive for COVID will actually get a negative test. Mm-hmm. And this was reported by the World Health Organization. So it goes to show that in the world, we don't have enough information yet. I mean, technically, we need we need a blood test, you know? Mm-hmm. That's that's the gold standard to be like, look, it's there. Because the problem with this test is there's just so many variables um, that can happen, you know, if you test too early, if you test too yes. late, if you, you know, we're still finding our way as, 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 as humans, you know, mm-hmm. against this illness. So mm. it was definitely, I think, a lot scarier than the TB. Um as much as it was, I don't know. I don't know. The TB felt less scary because, I mean, it was well known and fine. Mm-hmm. People die from it. But I was like, okay. I guess, There's a lot you know, that's still unknown precisely about COVID-19 so and how it presents in different it's people. It's so scary. Mm-hmm. It's so scary. Even for us as health workers, like we're there. And imagine we have to look like we have to sound like we know what we're doing. But back at the ranch, all of us are just like, look, 
we don't know mm. this illness, mm. you know. Mm. So, uh, you when we started uh, talking, you were saying that you get you, today you're having a, a day where you get to just pull yourself to yourself, time for yourself. How did you? You ended up um, going into a psychiatric ward. Uh, did you? Is this something you you just felt that you needed? And what were the conditions that led you there? Okay, so you know, to be honest, I wasn't eating well. Mm-hmm. Um, I wasn't sleeping well. I was crying every now and then. Mm-hmm. I had anxiety attacks. But you you carry on going to work because you tell yourself that like like you're gonna put strain on the others, man. If you don't, even though, you know, like if I had a patient that was me, I would have longed, I would have booked this patient off many months ago. But because you're a health worker, you you tell yourself that you have to keep, no, you go, you go, man. And sometimes you lose a patient and you Mm. go and you cry and then you have to come back and wipe those tears because nobody wants a crying doctor, you know. Mm. So you just get there. And I've been struggling because you face all these really tough emotions. And you're just supposed to look like the strong guy. You know, you're supposed to look like the guy who's going to come and save the day. Meanwhile, you're also scared for your own health, Mm. you know. Mm. Um, So, yeah, basically, I wasn't eating well. Uh, (laughs) It was I wasn't sleeping either. So imagine I was super tired from working. I mean, and sometimes at work, 36 hour shifts. Um, And then I would come back home and I just I either was I had insomnia or then when I finally got to sleep, I'd have like four nightmares in a row. Mm-hmm. So it was just like, <laughs> mm-hmm. okay, so we're not sleeping then. Um, but you can't not sleep. And you can't, especially when you have such a demanding job, you can't not sleep. You can't not eat. You can't afford to be unwell. But here you are unwell. And the system is telling you to go on. Like the fact that I've taken a break is rebellion. Mm. Um, we don't take breaks we don't do it we're just like no i'm gonna do it it's fine and i've been telling all my friends <laughs> this whole year that yeah 2021 i'm gonna sleep guys <laughs> 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 everybody's just like no that's that's a bit weird girl yes so it's um yeah i i just i, I couldn't cope with the anxiety anymore and my anxiety came out and like really bad stomach symptoms you know mm-hmm. so I was having severe abdominal pains diarrhea um and and this is all just in the morning when I'm thinking of going to work you yeah. know so but I went to work I went I went because I was just like we're not we don't see ourselves as humans the world doesn't see us as humans we just are these robots that must keep going and you know feel that contract you yes you have to, you feel you have to. And even though you see your life going down the drain, like you can see that, look, if this was a patient of mine, I would have booked them off a very long time ago. But because it's me, I can't, mm. you know, mm. um, I, I can't, I can't, I can't. And people end up committing suicide. I mean, I, I lost a great mentor of mine, Professor Bongani Mayosi, um, uh, who was the dean of uh, UCT Medical School yeah to suicide you know so it, it and and many more you know healthcare workers have lost their lives to suicide and that's you know basically why i do what i do i mean i've almost lost my life so many times just because i decided all those years ago to study medicine and it was a whole celebration then but now 
I'm looking back and I'm just like, oh my gosh. And so a lot of us are in it. In Do you it. ever think of and leaving? Oh, uh, I'm leaving clinical medicine at the end of the year. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm not going to be seeing sick people anymore. It's, it's, it's a heavy burden and we're not supported throughout, you know. So, I mean, usually with people who go through traumas, you send them to, a, to trauma counseling, you know, and we are going through trauma every day, all day, multiple traumas a day. And for me, it was tough to even find a psychologist. Like I, where I work is about an hour away from the nearest psychologist. Um, and my thing is, why are we not, you know, making use of the psychologists in the hospital mm-hmm. to actually help the healthcare workers through the traumas, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, because we see death many times a day. It's not just once, you know, and it, it's hard. I mean, I, you don't want to cry every single time, but mm. you do. And it's just like, <laughs> so all of that is very heavy and you, you never actually get to debrief. You never get to talk to someone. And we think that we're doing the right thing. We're doing the strong thing. We're doing the righteous thing by not complaining, yeah. you know, yeah. uh, by, by not, you know, speaking out. And it, it's just, we end up dead at the end of the day. Yes. Like, we end up dead. And, and it's because we're not, claiming our humanness and the system itself that we're trained under doesn't train us to see ourselves as human. I mean, we, we learn all these things about the human body. Yes, yes, I want to address that in a moment, but let's first uh, look at the SMSs and calls and WhatsApps that have come in. Katlejo is first from Centurion. Okay. Hi, Katlejo. Hi, how are you doing? Good, thank you. Thanks for the call. What's on your mind? Uh, um, I just want to correct Dr. Fifumba there. Um, where she says they are not seen and appreciated as humans. Dr. Fifunda and I are friends. Uh, oh. So, dog, how are you doing? <laughs> it was Katie. What's up? <laughs> I'm fresh, true. Like, um, uh, the good-hearted nature of, 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 of Zodog, I call her Zodog, um, we met many years ago. Now, we were students at the time. Uh, we have a concert in Cape Town. I'm from Pretoria. Mm. Um, I used to sing back then. We have a concert in Cape Town. I tell her that I'm going to be around. And obviously, nerves are running high and whatnot. My good friend, Dr. Sipumba, rocks up at the concert. Um, we were just featured. It wasn't, we weren't the people, like, people didn't come to see us. We were just featured there. My good friend comes with a sign, a billboard of sorts, holds it up. When we uh, when we get on stage, and that really calmed me, and it was really beautiful. So, my friend, you are loved, you are appreciated, you are human. Um, yeah, I just want to send you good vibes, my friend. Like, wow, yeah. Mm. I'm glad you say. Yes, Katlero, thank, thank you. you for the call. <laughs> Even last week when we had an emergency unit doctor, you know, someone also close to them that works within the unit called just to show gratitude to say that the work you do, many South Africans go without seeing it or knowing it firsthand, but it is recognized by those that are much closer. And this is an opportunity for that reminder to be paid. Uh, I'll get your reaction in a moment. I just want to also go to Dorothy in Santon. Hello, Dorothy. Hey, Aza, Dot here. Um, oh, hi. <laughs> yes, she is a truth teller. She is telling it exactly the way it is. Mm. Um, uh, this is pervasive across industries. That, uh, and, and it's particularly true for doctors, but not exclusively true. We see it in corporates. We see it in government. We see it in NGOs. 
where people's humanity is simply not recognized. The value of humans in organizations is for what they can do. It is not about who they are. Mm -hmm. And we have become very comfortable about extracting as much value as we can and sweating our assets. Mm -hmm. And you don't care about your assets. So she's done the right thing to rebel and take time out. And mm-hmm. um, I salute her. She is courageous. We need more people to stand up to their line managers, to their companies, to their bosses and say, hey, I am human. This is I how I feel. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. I'm mm. I cannot do anymore. I need a break. Absolutely. Because Dot. If, if we don't stop doing that, nobody will. I know. And before you know it, it's come at the cost of your health. Lee Mamela says your guest is a mensch and healthcare workers like her really are the real heroes of this time. I sure hope they hear us blowing our vuvuzelas. We totally still do to oh. honor them at 7 p.m. every night. Um, and then let's go to Dr. Gloria who's also given us a call. Hi, Dr. Gloria. Hi, Azra. How are you? I'm good. How are you? Great, thank you. I'd like to firstly say I'm proud of my colleague. Mm-hmm. I, I love the echo of her voice and the truth that she speaks. Um, we really have uh, taken a career that is, it, it absolutely absorbs your life. It's almost parasitic, the career that we take. Yeah. And I personally have switched. I was initially an emergency medicine physician. Um, I thrive under gunshots, accident victims, you know, that adrenaline was what, what pushed me and I loved working in that space. But I found myself at some point during COVID in the middle of, the middle of a recess and something else was, you know, breaking. And I thought to myself, this is not how I want to die because genuinely, if I do get COVID, I don't know how I'll react to COVID and I could die. And I had to take serious life changing decisions on what I wanted with my life. Mm-hmm. You know, um, you, you, you invest so much in your career and you realize that the other things that exist, your family, your friends, uh, your hobbies, you know, uh, who you are beside medicine has been neglected because you give yourself to this, you know, to this mm-hmm. career. And mm-hmm. I have actually had to, I've, I've switched, I've followed a, a, a different passion, a surgical passion, and I've left the front line. Mm-hmm. But I think I needed something to shock my system like COVID, seeing a person that I was on shift with a week before, mm-hmm. and now we're at a memorial, and we know that it's COVID, you know, intubating a colleague, and I'm looking at your face, and I'm like, but I was working with you a few weeks ago. Yes. Uh, those are, are, are the situations that have actually made us only realize that we can't live like this. And it's actually so sad that it has taken death Mm. um, to come uh, at our doorstep so close. I mean, we see death all the time, but it had to be so personal for us to realize that how we've been living our lives is just not how we should. Dr. Gloria, sadly we're we're out of time. I'm afraid we, we, what you've shared, I think has been so moving and to both of you, in fact, absolutely moving the accounts of the reality for so many healthcare workers. And, um, this has been quite a journey listening to different people speak of their experiences. So, Lelua, I want to thank you. As you can see that what you have shared stirred um, a lot in our listeners um, and the stories just echo exactly your sentiments about the superhero complex and the risks that come to that come with it. Uh, but I also want to urge you to keep campaigning, to keep blogging and for all of us to join that voice in order to bring about a meaningful change and bring about a system that not only 
cares for its patients, but for its healthcare workers as well. So sad, we're out of 